Jesus said, I have come to give my life a ransom for many. He came to save us. He said, You follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I will lead you to lead others to accept me. He says, You're not your own now. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Then he says, He that hath the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, hath Christ. Now watch this. Jesus said he came to save this so unbelieving and sin-sick world. He said not only that, but if I'm following him, listen, if I'm following him, I'm going to be introducing people to him, fishing for men, catching them for Christ. I don't belong to myself anymore now that I'm saved. I've been bought with the price of his blood, the atoning death of Calvary. So, he came to save mankind. And following him, I'm going to be an instrument of introducing people to him. I don't belong to me anymore, so it's no longer an option. He says, if you have the Spirit, you have Christ in you. So, I have Christ living within me. Now, let me ask you a question. Since Jesus Christ is living and abiding within you, if Jesus Christ is living and abiding within you, and you're walking in his Spirit, is it not true that you will automatically, if you're walking obediently, be introducing other people to Christ? Because he said, when you follow me, I will make you fishes of men. You don't belong to you anymore. You've been bought with a price. And what does the Holy Spirit do within us? The Holy Spirit lives through us, the life of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. How would Jesus ever disobey his own command? If Jesus Christ is living his life in us, what's he going to be doing through us? He's going to be utilizing our bodies and our voices to introduce other people to him within us. Well, let me ask you a question. If I'm saved, if you're saved, if we're saved, and we're not introducing other people to Jesus Christ, who are we following? Not Jesus. Wait a minute. It's Jesus who's living within me now. He says, Christ is your life. So I have Christ's life within me. What did Jesus say? He said, when you follow me, I'm going to make you a fish of men. You're going to be introducing people to me. So now here's Jesus Christ in me to equip me to do what he said he was going to do. Whose life is it? Christ's life. What is Christ going to do within you and me? He's going to do what he said he would do. He's going to introduce through us other people to himself. Then let me ask you a question. If we are not introducing people to Jesus based on those four verses, you can't rearrange any part of this Bible to get out from under this responsibility. Listen to me. If my lifestyle, if I'm not sharing my faith, how can I be following Jesus? If I'm not sharing my faith, how can I be walking in the Spirit? The truth, my friend, is you cannot. Now, we, we, we can sort of manipulate God a little bit and say, well, after all, you can't. I didn't say do it every moment of the day, but I said as a way of life, we ought to be introducing people to him. I'm talking about a desire in the heart. I'm talking about the way we live. And let me ask you a question. 
according to what Jesus said, if his life is my life, would Jesus live contradictory to his own word? Never. Here's what he said. Follow me, obey me, walk in my spirit, and I will make you to become fishers of men. How do I know that's true? Because of so many other verses he gives us that reminds us of our responsibility to introduce other people to him. Now watch this. I quoted you four verses. He said, he said he came to save you. He said he came. If you follow him, he'll make you a fisher of men. He said you don't belong to yourself anymore. He said. If you have the Spirit of Christ, then you belong to Him. And the Spirit of Christ has come to live the life of Jesus through me. If that's true, then friend, I either have to be in the process of sharing, introducing people to Jesus, or I'm living in disobedience. I don't care if I'm a preacher. I don't know what my, my vocation life is. I'm out of the will of God. If I can live my life day after day after day and never have any concern, any desire, or any success at bringing people to Christ. Dr. Stanley's message delivered an important reminder. Every believer is responsible for sharing the life-changing truth of salvation in Christ. And when someone receives that gift, Jesus has one more person through whom his life can be demonstrated. And that's life's greatest investment. To listen again, stop by intouch.org and click on the link to Today on Radio. And look around our website to find many resources that can strengthen your faith and challenge you to live it out every day. Open the bookstore page if you'd like to order a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, Life's Greatest Investment. Again, that's intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. If you prefer to write, our address is In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. Jesus instructed his followers to share their faith. And we need to remember that's a directive, not a suggestion. Today's Moment with Charles Stanley is coming up. Do you take sermon notes on the back of your bulletin, jot scripture references on the offering envelope? Start keeping things in one place, one organized place, with the In Touch Note Takers Journal. This leather soft journal contains 150 pages for taking notes and includes Dr. Stanley's 30 life principles. Find everything in one convenient place with the In Touch Note Takers Journal. Call toll free 1 800 In Touch or visit intouch.org. Trusting God each day can be a challenge, but working to grow that trust brings greater joy and peace than we could ever find on our own. In Trusting God with Today, the 365-day devotional from the teachings of Dr. Charles Stanley, we are encouraged to believe in God's love and rest in His purpose for us. Available now at intouch.org today. You're listening to In Touch. Jesus intends for his followers to take his instructions seriously. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. Jesus didn't say, I suggest. I think it'd be a super idea. I've been thinking about this. It would be helpful to me if you would share your faith. He said, this is a command. This is a commission. Listen, when you and I are sharing our faith and introducing people to Jesus Christ, what are we doing? 
singly, one by one, we are carrying out the ministry of the church. Who is the church? You and I are the church. Every single believer is a part of the church. We are doing the work of the church. We are doing the work of the ministry. We are pleasing God. We are fulfilling the Great Commission. We are following the pattern of Jesus Christ. We are doing the work that He was doing when we are introducing people to Jesus. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you introduced someone to Christ? When is the last time you obeyed the living God who has given to every single one of us? Jesus says, as my Father hath sent me, so send I you. To give your life, to invest your life in the lives of people, not in things, but in people. As you go make disciples, introduce them to Christ. That is not an option. That is a divine commission to the whole body of Christ. You'll find help with getting involved in Christ's mission to the world when you search our resources at intouch.org. Next week on In Touch, are you living the abundant life Jesus offers? If you're a Christian, you can be. I hope you'll join us Monday when we'll begin Dr. Stanley's series from 2005, Living the Extraordinary Life on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Hi, welcome to Breakpoint. I'm John Stone Street. During this Christmas week, we're going to take a look back at some of the most important Breakpoint commentaries of the past year. St. Augustine famously observed that the human heart is restless until its rest is found in God. That applies not only to individuals, but to cultures, even entire generations. Practically speaking, this restlessness can take many forms, including an unprecedented mental health crisis. A recent and much talked about report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention describes precisely this. As a CDC spokeswoman bluntly stated, quote, young people, especially young women, are in crisis. An article in the New York Times summarized, quote, nearly three in five teenage girls felt persistent sadness in 2021. One in three girls seriously considered attempting suicide. Jonathan Haidt painted an even starker picture, quote, we're now 11 years into the largest epidemic of adolescent mental illness ever recorded. And the timing of this unprecedented outbreak of anxiety, depression, and other mental health problems corresponds suspiciously to the rise of smartphones and social media apps. This technology led to a culture-wide exchange of what he calls a play-based childhood for what he calls a screen-based childhood. That exchange likely helped create a generation with fragile psyches unable to deal with life's challenges. And one of the reasons that teen girls are especially hard hit in this crisis is that they spend more time on social media platforms and on websites that create social and body anxiety. Using the same set of data, political scientist and pastor Ryan Burge suggests that religious commitment is also another important factor. Those who rarely or never attend religious services suffer worse mental health than those who attend regularly or weekly. Altogether, and controlling for things like economics and education, Americans under 25 are just doing very badly when it comes to their mental health. On the other hand, the apparent insulating effect of religious faith and conservative philosophy is a fascinating aspect of this whole thing. Highly religious people are, in fact, more likely than their secular peers to describe themselves as, quote, very happy. One explanation for this is the proven positive social impact of religious belonging. 
Still, it's worth considering whether these social benefits of religious commitment have something to do with the belief itself. Does an act of faith in God reduce the impact of mental health crisis on young people? Does a lack of religious faith leave others more vulnerable to it? St. Augustine would say yes. Despite his lack of familiarity with Gen Z, he'd speak of their restless hearts, seeking in politics, gender identity, and self-expression what can only be found in a relationship with our Maker. In the face of Gen Z's mental health crisis, it is the gospel, not gloom, that should motivate and inform us. What God has indeed made us for himself, the kind of postmodern individualism that Gen Z was raised with, will never be able to deliver on the promises made. This mental health crisis is at root a spiritual crisis, and we have the opportunity to introduce this generation of restless hearts to the one, the only one, able to deliver on his promises to bring rest to their souls. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. And for more resources that live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to colsoncenter.org. Hi, this is John Stone Street, host of Breakpoint. There's just a few days left to help us finish the year on strong financial footing as we look forward to 2024. If the Colson Center and Breakpoint has equipped you with the clarity, confidence, and courage you need this year to live out your faith, please consider partnering with us by making a year-end gift. We're so thankful for our ministry partners and how God uses them to enable the work of the Colson Center. To make a gift before December 31st, go to colsoncenter.org slash December. That's colsoncenter.org slash December.